Hi, I'm Andy Psarianos. Hi, I'm Robin Potter. Hi, I'm Adam Gifford. This is the School of School podcast. Are you a math teacher looking for an assessment tool that can give you a detailed look into learner or class achievement? With Insights, it's all in one place. Make sense of assessment data so you can strategically plan and teach lessons. Insights, it's assessment for advancement. Visit mathsnoproblem.com for more information. All right, welcome back, everyone. And uh, so, you know, since, since the pandemic, and even actually before the pandemic, Lots of organizations have been releasing kind of guidance around how to teach particular topics. I think we'll probably end up talking about mathematics here, but um, both Adam and I, oh, I don't know, I'm going to speak for you, Adam, but I'm certainly a bit confused. And I know that a lot of schools that contact me are also confused about like, is is this statutory? Am I supposed to do this? Like, do I have to change what I'm doing based on what such and such an organization has said? Or, or if I know, and I, and I'm doing well, and I, it, can I stick with that? Or, you know, what's it all about? Like, why are all these groups putting all this information out? And is it actually helpful? I mean, what do you think, Adam? Well, I think I think if we start is, is, is making it clear, I think one of the things that you hear a lot is, support comes out so maybe non-statutory guidance or just general support general support from from uh organizations like nctm which is funded through the government right so when we get when we get the support i think sometimes what's lost in it or is not clear is how it should be used and what the expectation is and i think the other thing that that is is left to for, for within education to discuss is am I going to get in trouble if I don't use it? Am I expected by the government to use it? Do I have to stick to it rigorously? Can I make what decisions am I allowed to make in relation to this? And I think it's those things that, that make a lot of people really anxious about shallow shantai. Yeah. And and the motivation behind okay, well, if I'm writing this to this is just one illustration of how the curriculum can be interpreted and supported. But you are open to those to, to interpret it in another way. You are open to make those decisions for your children, which which we're mm. encouraged to do all the time. You know, Ofsted encourage us to do that. Yet we get this contradictory message of, oh no 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 no. Uh, you know, I've heard through the grapevine that this is you've got to have it in school, that this is in effect statutory where it says on the cover it's not. And I think that's to me that's the start of the problems is being open and transparent about that. Let, let's, let me just be a little bit more concrete about what you're talking about okay. for listeners who don't, might yep. not know yep. what we're talking about. So I guess here what's prompted us to talk about this subject is we in England we've got a national curriculum. I think almost every country has a national curriculum. It's a curriculum. Some places it's provincial or state, like in the U.S. it's per state sometimes. But, you know, largely there's a body that says... You know, okay, this is a standard, or it's a it's a it's a list of uh, desired outcomes. What, how, whatever format it looks like, is basically a statement by an official body, usually the government, that says this is what by the end of year three, children need to be able to do this. Right. So that's a national curriculum. So in the UK, we have a national curriculum, and it's very explicit. And I personally think it's well written. I know I've read through it. I read I read through it almost. 
Well, constantly because of what I do. That's kind of my job. So, you know, I, I could probably recite pa entire passages from the national curriculum. I've read it so many times. So that's one thing. And that's got two types of information. In it. One is statutory, which means you must do it. Like this is effectively the law. Like as a school, your responsibility is to do this. And then there's non-statutory guidance, which is like, we think you should also do this, but you don't have to, but you might, you need to consider it at least, we think. Um, and then that national curriculum is mandated to all state schools. So there are certain schools in the UK, for example, that don't have to follow the national curriculum, but state schools must follow the national curriculum. And then on the basis of that, you've got other groups like Ofsted who inspect schools, who use that as a guide as to what they're inspecting. And they also, you also have Ofqual who are responsible for writing exams and making sure that exams are taking place in a sensible way and that they also refer to the national curriculum. So they're, you know, they set the exams to the national curriculum, right? So that's the, that's kind of the landscape. So now you've got all these other bodies like the NCTM, which is effectively a Quango organization. That means it's government funded, but it's not the government. And they have a mandate to help schools learn mathematics or teach mathematics better. Right. And they, they run the maths hub program and all kinds of stuff. So that's kind of the landscape. So what happens is a, a group like, well, in this case, recently, both Ofsted and NCTM have put out documents. So Ofsted has put out a, you know, a report. They do this all the time, a report on mathematics education. Right. And it has all kinds of recommendations and, and insights based on research and, and what they've learned inspecting all these schools. And then you've got also the NCTM who have put out this, this other document called Ready to Progress, which came out before COVID, or at least was written before COVID. And, you know, that has a bunch of recommendations in it. So the question is, as a school, do you follow the curriculum? Do you follow what Ofsted says? Do you follow what the NCTM says? Do you do a combination of all three? What do you have to do? What do you not have to do? That's kind of the problem, right? Yeah. Did I describe that okay? Yeah, the only thing, the only thing I'll pick up is that the government that, that produced the non-stat really to progress, but the, the prioritization mapping that, that relates to, that that's the only thing, yes. that's the only thing that just as a, a Which is the post-COVID. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right, that, that is, that then effect is the landscape, right? So, so that's what we've got. So we've got these things that we can choose, but I think where, to me, the, it gets very muddy is the choice element. Hmm. So do we have a choice or do we not? And if we don't have a choice, who's how, do, how does that work? Like if something's non-statutory and I'm the head teacher of a school and I'm deciding with my board of governors how these children will be delivered, how the curriculum will be delivered within our school, which, which we are obliged to do, is to, to make that consideration and do the best that we can for those children in front of us, then what role does that play and how much choice can I have in it? So if I say to you, listen, Andy, I've had a look at this and that's, that might be fantastic for some schools. That support that's been written and the prioritisation for some schools might be absolutely superb. Likewise, the, the bringing forward of some of the objectives in the Ready to Progress document may, may well work for some schools because I can see that there could be a deficit in some areas. That's what, that's what data tells us, that in some areas they might not be, if you like, high school ready unless they've had more practice with this. Okay? But surely I'm allowed in my school to say thank you very much for all of this. 
I will perform my statutory duty in the way that I see fit. And so what I will do is I will deliver the statutory requirements as I see fit. But but it, it kind of has that feeling, or, or and I don't know how this happens, because I don't know that the messages that get sent out, you know, like as schools, I think now, and this has been true of the last probably 10 years, the the amount of professional development that's available to schools like say through local authorities and whatnot has pretty much dried up. So we then have to be we we, we which I think you know it has its definite has its pros and cons you know because I remember yeah sorry but 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 that aside I think that then what happens is so we become reliant on some of the information that comes to us like say the NCTM NCTM some of the people directly involved in there will then. Uh, train the people within math subs. The math subs will then go into schools, and that will be the message delivered. What worries me is why why are so many schools um, perhaps lacking the confidence to be able to say thank you for all of this, and we'll pick and choose as we see fit. Why why is that why is that impression that that actually this is in effect statutory, all of it. I, yeah, well, I think a part, you know, at the heart is this misunderstanding of what all this stuff is really meant to do. So. Look, you know that there's. If you're a state school, you don't have a choice. You have to teach a curriculum, right? So, and your responsibility is to take it, the curriculum. Isn't taught. Isn't like it isn't a document that you read and then it tells you what to do in class, right? But it tells you this is what you need to be able to. You know, this is what the kids need to be able to do by the end of the year. So then you need to sit down and think about how am I going to present this? How am I going to extend beyond? Because you're supposed. To, the idea is you're supposed to sort of you know, be ambitious in your, your own planning of your own school's curriculum. And you're supposed to use the statutory as your bench, like that's your framework. These are the things you must do. There's suggestions about other things you should consider doing, right? And you need to take that and then you need to build your own curriculum around that. And that's the, the actual responsibility of the schools. And if, and, and Ofsted have been really crystal clear about that. If you listen to like their, look at their YouTube channel, whatever it is, listen to their videos, they, they will tell you explicitly, that's what we're looking for. Right now, you got the NCTM, for example, who puts out a document ready to progress, where it effectively is different, and dare I say it, even contradicts the national curriculum, and has whole chunks of the national curriculum not even in it, right? That have been omitted. And they're, they're clear about it. So it's the NCTM and the DFE together put out Ready to Progress, by the way, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, it says right at the beginning, all this is non-statutory, a.k.a. you don't have to pay attention to any of this if you don't really don't feel you should or don't want to, but we would like you to read it and consider it. How do you, what, is that a basis to change your practice? If you're doing something that you're pretty confident is the right thing to do because you've crafted it over years and, you know, like schools and teachers are experts at what they do. They're there. They've been doing it for a long time. Do you need to change what you're doing because somebody put out this document? Is that even the spirit that this document was created in? Or is it just kind of like, was it written in the spirit of like, if you don't know what to do, here's some help. And that's not clear, Right. No, and I think there's a there's a paragraph. I mean, I'm not I've not got it to hand. I probably could get it very pretty quickly. But but ultimately, effectively, there's a paragraph right at the beginning of Ready to Progress that says that that this isn't this doesn't cover, you know, all of the curriculum. And 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 it makes it, it you know we're the 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 statutory obligation that we have is to get in primary school is set out in the curriculum. But I would just go one step further than that and to say 
we want them ready for secondary school. And, and that, that's what's contained in our curriculum because you know, the curriculum that follows on from primary school is based mm. to follow on from the curriculum that's a statutory requirement. So all children can access their learning and continue to learn in that, in that fashion. So, but, but, but the confusion is that that's not necessarily the message that goes out, right? So yes, it says that in the document, but do people read the introduction? Probably not. They jump right into the content. And when you talk, so schools that I've talked to about this, because schools call in all the time, and I always try to get in on those conversations, often talk to the, to the schools themselves. And, you know, in more than one case, it was presented to me as like, this is seen as the new curriculum, right? And people are effectively saying to me that that's what the NCTM is saying and that's what the math hubs are saying. So there's some confusion around, well, is this, is this really, should we be changing our practice based on this document or is this just helpful information and sort of, you know, professional development level type stuff? Like if I don't know how to teach this topic, here's a whole bunch of good ideas about how you might do it. Or is it like, do I need to stop doing what I'm doing and start teaching this way? And that's really confused for a lot of people, right? But, but I think also, I think what people have to, that, that maybe don't know about the process. Now I've been part of the process, right? So I used to be a primary lead on a maths hub right from their inception, right at the very, very, very beginning mm -hmm. when it was just a pilot program. So I remember when the, when the I'm going to call it the new curriculum, even though it's really old now. <laughs> but but the last curriculum, the, the <laughs> curriculum we're using now, yeah, right? <laughs> the current curriculum. Yeah. The current curriculum. I was trained by um, some people who were heavily involved in writing that. And the sole purpose of my training was to then disseminate that information into schools. Okay? So, so yeah. I think I had two days training from memory it's pretty vague but but i think it would say just for argument's sake two days training for the entire curriculum across all year groups so then i i take away some of the key messages that i heard i heard now remember my bias right <laughs> which is which is all sorts what i'm what, I'm, what i can listen yeah. to to understand i might not have understood some of it right i might have taken the things that i hold dear to my heart and taken those away so then i go into other schools now not all schools get someone coming in Okay, so say I'm, I yep. go to the school next door to yours, Andy, I might do a half hour staff meeting. Yeah, so now I've got all of the curriculum that was that was given that I don't know how long it would have taken to write, but a long time, months, if not years. Okay, so 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 we've taken this down to two days. Now I now I take it out into schools and I do my very best and say a half hour session or an hour session, or if I'm really lucky, really lucky, I might get a full day. I might get a full inset day on the implementation of the curriculum, okay? That, that's already, if you like, been diluted, but this is, this is the way of the world, that's okay. That, that system's okay, as long as you realize that there are going to be limitations to what someone like me comes in and says. And there has to be an aspect to it that says, right, we listen to what he's saying. I might interpret the curriculum slightly different for our children, and I'm allowed to do that, but I will consider what's just been said. I will consider it. Mm -hmm. But but it's not yeah. it's not me coming into schools and saying, by the way, Andy, the only way that you can teach number bonds or bar models is by doing it this way. That's it. But I was in a privileged position that I could say stuff like that. Now, I tried very hard not to. I tried very hard not to put my bias 
an unconscious bias you can't do much about. But, but, but what I knew that I liked in the curriculum, which usually means the stuff I understood, and then the stuff that I didn't like in the curriculum, which usually means the stuff I didn't get, right? The, the, you know, and so, but, but the reality is that I might have come to schools and put more emphasis on something because I found it easy to talk about because I got it. So does that mean that in, in the curriculum when it was presented, you know, way back when, does that mean that that now the school that has had my half hour training comes over to your school and says, oh, Andy, by the way, uh, get rid of this. Get rid of this. It's all about this now. And it's just bar models. So we don't use number lines. We don't use counters. We don't use anything. Just bar models. Because that, that was the, the really key message in amongst this. Yeah. Well, then people yeah. should be terrified when people are that sure. I always used to say to people when I start training, you know, come into training with a degree of skepticism. Challenge what I say. Don't just sit there and lap it all up. But, you you know, be a skeptic because your kids are too important just to just to for one person to come in. And, and you know, and, and that's what I think is perhaps missing is, is, is schools are desperate to get it right. They feel very accountable. They're worried about getting it wrong. This sort of, you know, this, this, this whatever punishment might come on. And often... That's just a perception. That's a perceived punishment or something like that. If your children are doing really well in your school, Ofsted will come in and they'll see that. Like they'll see, you know what I mean? And I, and, and that's the part that worries me is, is if someone like me comes in and says something that's a big sweeping statement, this must be it. Ask questions. <laughs> just get some clarity. Well, you know, and, and, and I think, you know, part, part of the issue is as well is that these so-called experts, whether it be you, Adam, or somebody else, right, they, they have, uh, they carry a lot of, um, they carry a lot, a lot of weight, you know, yeah, people will absolutely. take whatever they say to, you know, well, this person appears to be really, really clever, so I should do what they say. That's how some people will respond to that. But those so-called really clever people, uh, are always right, sure. you know, Absolutely. and and they don't necessarily understand your circumstances very well. So, as a school leader or a subjects uh, a subject leader in in your school, you know, the, your responsibility is to is to try to understand what it is that you have to do, and take things at the level that they're meant to be interpreted, not get all sort of wound up because the NCTM has put out a new document on suggestions on how to teach the curriculum. It might be wrong for you. And in actual fact, in some instances, if you if you followed it, look, let's, let me be blunt. Like if you followed Ready to Progress and said, this is the new curriculum, you wouldn't cover the curriculum. No. It even says that in the document, right? So there's whole parts of it missing. And if you, similarly, if you then did the, the suggest, what's the new suggested document? The one that's like the, oh, the prioritization the, map. Prior, yeah. The prioritization map, which is linked to, yeah, if you followed that and said, I'm going to do this, again, you wouldn't, you wouldn't meet the requirements of the curriculum. So, you know, um, user beware, right? Like there's lots of great information in there, but just be mindful as to what it is. It's not saying this is how you should teach in your school. I hope that's not how it was written. Uh, because Ofsted and Ofqual are still looking for you to do the curriculum, right? But it, so, so, sorry to jump in, Andy, but it can't have been how it's written. It can't because as a school, we have a responsibility to deliver a curriculum that we think will work best for our kids. That 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 is just yeah. that's the bottom line. <laughs> like so, but that's not necessarily. 
I know that that's the intent, but that's not how schools are reading it, that, I right? Know, I know, so you, I know. We have countless schools. I have spoken to no, numerous schools who believe that this is the new curriculum, right? And that that's, they should stop what they've been doing up until now, even if they're succeeding, and do this instead. Please, please, please don't do that because you will, you will effectively not be doing the right thing, right? You're not, you're not, you're not meeting your expectations as a school. It's so the heart of the question here is, is, is that if as an organization and we could do the same and we do do the similar types of things as well, but you know, as an organization, if we're going to put out a document and say, this is how you need to teach and, and we have influence. We need to make sure that the propaganda that gets sort of spun around that thing is crystal clear about what this thing is about. And I think that that's what's not happening, right? Because yeah. we, you know, we've written to the DFE, the Department for Education, and asked for clarity and said, you know, okay, so when these two things contradict, which one should we follow? And they're crystal clear. They're like, no, you got to follow the curriculum. That's the, that's kind of, you know, that's the law, right? That's forget, you know, it doesn't matter what that thing says. The curriculum sticks. The curriculum has not changed. Right. And Ofsted and Ofqual, they both work to the curriculum. So NCTM and the Department for Education and whoever else can put all this useful information out, you know, and hope that you use it. But the reality is you still have to stick to the curriculum. Right. And I don't know that people really understand that. No. And I hope they do. I hope they listen to this. I hope they do. And I hope there's the confidence there to, to, to literally understand its role and its statutory place in what we do. <laughs> and I know that sounds so obvious, but I think we, we probably do need reminding of that. Yeah, exactly. You know, so I might not agree with the fact that, like I give a really practical example, I might not agree that fractions should start in year one. I might think it should start in year three, right? But if the curriculum says it has to start in year one, I don't have a choice. I got to do it in year one, right? And if you get to year two and you write your SAS and you haven't covered fractions, don't expect your kids to get the right answers on the SAS because they will be in the SAS paper because that's what awful goes by, right? So if you choose not to, then you're doing it at your peril or at your student's peril. Yeah. Maybe little co- maybe just sorry, last thing. Maybe little comments like that are what's needed just to just to just to make people stop and consider. You know, just yeah. just to stop and consider these things for their kids. Yeah. Yeah, good point. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us on the School of School podcast. Thank you.